And it is episode 39 here of the Cherokee Rewind. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. And, of course, you know me. I'm Mick. We always appreciate you tuning in. And, well, my guest this time around is a guy who uh, played with the Cherokee well, a, way, a ways back, but not not back, but uh, back. And uh, goes by the name of Scott Gardner. And, uh, of course, he is... Uh, Scott has got an interesting story. Uh, first of all, Scott, I always play a game, and I'm going to fail miserably with this one, but uh, what I always do with uh, on my podcast is I try to remember the number you wore when you played in Toledo. Yeah. I don't cheat. I don't go looking on the Internet and trying to find something. I try to do it from memory because it makes it you know that much better when I screw it up. But uh, I'm trying to remember, was it uh, was it, it was in the 20s. I know that because, uh, um, oh, man, I'm going to guess 20, it was either 20, 26, 7, or 8. Yeah, I was 26, so I, I joined so. I joined late, so I think I got the last number that was left. <clears throat> yeah, well, the funny part is, is that I know you probably, if you had your choice, you would have had 18, but <clears throat> anyway, that was, uh, of course, your old man. Uh, played in the NHL, uh, as did your grandfather. So, uh, you know, that obviously impacted what you were going to do as far as growing up, uh, what sport you were going to play. Uh, talk about that. How old were you when you first got on a first uh, pair of skates? Well, I, I started skating when I was really little. I look now and I can see, you know, my parents put together pictures of me out there, probably like two, three, pushing a chair around, you know, with little cheese graters on my feet, trying to learn how to skate. So I think from day one, um, I, I at least thought I was going to be a hockey player. Um, my dad likes to laugh. His last couple of years, he was playing in Rochester. Um, and the introduction, the players would come out to a big ring of fire and there was a huge explosion. And I was like five at the time, and it scared the heck out of me. So was not big on hockey until I could show up late for the games and miss the explosion. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, I mean, you're five years old. My gosh, I'd be scared, too. Heck, I'd be scared if I was 25, okay? But <laughs> just saying. But uh, now, when uh, when you were growing up, though, I mean, now, first of all, did you travel? <clears throat> Excuse me. Did you travel with your dad, or did you stay? were you staying at home? So once I was, I guess, about 14, 15, um, I started to travel a little bit more with my dad. He was coaching in Portland, Maine then. So they had a lot of, you know, two, three-hour bus trips and a mm -hmm. lot of coming back. So I could go on a Wednesday night, get a little bit of sleep on the bus and still make it to school. And then I'd get to go on a lot of, you know, the two-day weekend road trips and stuff like that. So that was a lot of fun hanging out at the rink, hanging out with uh, the healthy scratches and, you know, running around the locker room and stuff like that. Building up that street cred. Um, so uh, now where, where were you actually born, born and raised? Uh, so I was born in Pittsburgh um, when my dad was playing for the Penguins. But then we lived in Toronto in the summer. And then when I guess I was six, he stopped playing. And so we moved back to just north of Toronto, and then I grew up there until uh, I think I was 15, and then we moved to 14 or 15, I moved to Maine. Ooh, okay. Now, during that time, uh, talk about where you played your hockey. I mean, obviously in, in, in the uh, 
GTA, you're going to be, you know, obviously there's lots of places for you to play, lots of opportunities, uh, a lot of rinks. Uh, so playing in, in Toronto had probably had its, uh, had its, uh, you know, obvious uh, rewards, but, uh, when, when you move to Maine, that had to be probably an interesting proposition, I would think. Yeah. Maine was, uh, actually I love Maine. It was great. Um, we were fortunate there cause they had a middle school hockey team and a high school hockey team alongside, um, some of the travel hockey. So there was a lot of hockey still to be played there. Um, and then with my dad coaching, you know, I could always get out in the weekends and, and get a skate in with him or, you know, jump on after practice. Um, and same in, you know, growing up in Toronto, I mean, there was always ice, you know, now everyone talks about having to travel all the time. And I remember, you know, we'd have road games on a Wednesday and I'd still be home by seven thirty, sort of thing to get to bed. Um, so it's a little bit different experience for my boys and, and living here. Um, but it was always, there was a ton of ice, ton of rinks, and I was always trying to be on some of it. Yep. Now, Scott, uh, when you were, you know, talk about where you played as far as, uh, who, who coached you growing up? Who were your coaches? Some of your coaches, I should say. Yeah. So in, um, when I was first playing in the Toronto area, um, I played for the Aurora Tigers organization and then ultimately the York Simcoe Express organization. Um, and then when we moved to Maine, um, actually moved to Maine, I had a guy my dad played with named Guy Delpart. Uh, we played a little bit in the NHL, a little bit in the minors, um, who was one of my coaches. Um, a lot of the younger years was a lot of the neighborhood dads. I think, you know, growing up in Toronto, pretty much everybody's dad played in some form or fashion. Of course. Um, so one of your buddy's dads and they were, you know, knew the game well, they were hard on you. Cause you know, on Tuesday you'd be over there playing street hockey. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'd, they'd give you a little trouble then and, you know, be hard on you on the ice as well. So I was, I was really fortunate. I really enjoyed all my coaches growing up. Well, you know, uh, so when did you start getting serious about, Hey, I think I can play at a higher level. Well, I was actually a goalie until I was 14. Really? Um, yeah. So my dad tells me now, and then looking back, it makes sense. But my dad hated me being a goalie. So every camp I would go to, they would try and stack the team so I'd get shelled and want to quit. And he would tell uh, all the instructors just to blast it at me. Oh, and nice. I, I remember like being 12, 13, like crying in that and being like, why does everyone shoot so hard? <laughs> uh, so he finally beat that out of me at about 14. Um and then I think, you know, after a year of, of skating out and, and getting a little bigger and stronger, I think, you know, every kid growing up always wants to play in the NHL. Um, but, you know, maybe around 15, I, I started to think about, you know, is this is hockey something that I can actually do? You know, it it's certainly the family business um, and, you know, always wanted to follow in line. But now I like to tell everyone I'm the worst player in my family. So it's kind of disappointing. Hey, but here we are. <laughs> I was going to say, we all got to have take pride in something. Yeah, yeah. right. You know, so I, I believe me, I always tell people my epitaph will read loved by few, hated by many, ignored by none. Like, <laughs> just that's how you got to kind of look at it. That's, at least that's how I do. But uh, I, uh, I I know that, you know, obviously being in the family business, how big I mean, obviously, your father had a big role in you playing. But talk about your grandpa, what that what he meant to you as far as the role that he had in uh, impacting you and your desire to play. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it was neat seeing kind of the just sort of the lineage right of seeing him in the Leafs jersey and then seeing my dad in the Leafs jersey and you know anytime my grandpa would come to the rink you know it, the hockey community is so small you could see the reverence for him people would want to come over and shake his hand and, and know who he was um, and, and so that was really neat and it was neat to be able to see some of you know the old memorabilia that he was able to get together some of the old gloves and the old sticks um, and stuff like that. And, you know, it was just kind of cool to be sort of really part of Maple Leafs lore as kind of our family. Um, it was neat to see him in the stands and he was, he was similar to my dad. They would, they would stand in the corner. They wouldn't say much. If I wanted feedback, they would give it to me. But if I, you know, didn't ask feedback, they weren't going to sort of jump on me about how I played or anything like that. I always remember I would get in the car and I would ask my dad, how do you think I played? And he'd always respond, well, how do you think you played? Ah, now do you pass that along to your to your boys? Oh, I'm ruthless with my boys. No, they get, <laughs> get no help from me. <laughs> well, I think how much how much of that is being their dad as a gardener versus yeah. the the uh, the lawyer in you. <laughs> the uh, maybe a bit of both, but no, I, I'm not too bad with my boys. My oldest is is really serious about it, um, and and he likes the feedback, and we can have a pretty good discussion about it. My younger guy is just a wrecking ball, so usually our discussions about what he's accomplished on the ice are a little more fun than kind of the technical talk I have with the bigger guys. That's pretty cool. Now, how many kids do you have total? I got two boys. So I got a 14-year-old and a 12-year-old. <laughs> oh, my. And uh, so, yeah, that probably occupies most of your any time you have off away from work to travel and, and uh, take you know, everything uh, pretty much revolves around hockey. Yeah, I mean, we're we're at the rink four nights a week um, during the week and then probably on the road three weekends out of the month once it's during hockey season. Oh, my goodness. Um, so it's, it's busy, but you know what? It forces them to have to keep spending time with me for now. So I think, you know, that's probably yeah. good. And, you know, for, for me, I love it. I mean, I'm glad it's hockey because it's easy for me and I know it and I enjoy it. But it is it's great to be able to spend so much time with them and, and be part of their life and, you know, kind of share those things with them. Those are the things they're going to remember years from now is just the boring stuff that you guys did in the car on, on the way to hockey. They'll remember yeah. that. You, I'm sure yeah, you remember I that. I, I, I still laugh. I don't know any tournaments we won, but I still remember the time we had a big scrap playing mini sticks in a hotel lobby, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, that's the kind of stuff I love to hear about is that kind of stuff, because that's the stuff that that's where you bond. That's where, you know, that's where you really connect is just the the, the, the little things like that, that people don't necessarily uh, take serious or give much thought to at the time. But by gosh, 30 years later, that's what you remember. You know, yeah, my uh, my oldest is a, loves the locker room already, so I don't know whether I show, whether I'm proud or, or what. But first guy to the rink, last guy to leave. Dad's standing by himself in the lobby a lot, but you know he loves being with the boys. So yeah, well that that kind of gee, I wonder where he got that from. <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, just, just saying. But uh, now let's talk about when. Uh, how old were you when you realized that? Um, I want to play travel. I want to play. I want to do something more than high school. I want to play juniors. I want to make a go of this. Yeah, probably about 15, 16. 
uh, is when I really started, at least I thought, taking it seriously. Um, you know, I'd always been one of the better players, um, you know, playing goal and then even switching out just because I skated so much. And, you know, going to Maine and seeing, you know, this is good hockey, it's different than Toronto, but I can still go and be successful there kind of gave me the idea that maybe I do have a chance to do this. And it wasn't, you know, just sort of kind of that dream that every little guy had growing up. Yeah. So, um, uh, so where did you, before uh, you, did you play any travel like uh, midget or anything like that before you came to Toledo? No, I, so we moved to Nashville when the Preds came here in my sophomore year of high school. Um, and so I think I played just one year a midget down here. Um, wasn't the greatest experience transitioning from Maine down here. And then so we just kind of decided once the team gets started, just practice on the weekends with the team, skate as much as you can, you know, work out. Um, and then they actually started high school hockey here my senior year. Um, not a ton of depth, you know, I knew probably the other sort of 10, 15 guys in the league that were good. So we'd just run around trying to kill each other. Um, <laughs> and then off to junior. So not a great, like 15 to 18 probably wasn't the best sort of development years for me playing hockey game wise, but you know, the experience being on the ice with my dad, working with him after practice, getting, you know, bag skated with the healthy scratches was was awesome hockey experience and an awesome, you know, life experience. Well, I was going to say back then when you're getting to, uh, to skate with, uh, some of those other guys that you, I mean, for you, it's, Hey, it's free ice time, you know? So that's mm -hmm. kind of how you look at it until you're actually in a league on a team. And then when your coach decides to bag you guys, then it's yeah. not so much fun. <laughs> yeah. I was like, this is great. I get to go skate after practice. And it was always a bagger. Then we get bagged in Toledo. I'm like, this is awful. Who wants to do this ever? Yeah. <laughs> but so, um, so you, you moved down to, to Nashville. Was that for when your dad uh, got hooked up with the Preds? Yeah. So he, they, uh, David Poyle got let go by the caps and then came down here and got the Preds and then brought my dad and Barry Trotz down together a year before the Preds started to start scouting. So we came down that year early. So 97, maybe. Okay. Now, what what year did you play in Toledo? Uh, 2000, 2001. Okay. So um, I'm trying to remember here now. So some some of the guys, I'm trying to think of... Uh, well, first of all, how did you end up coming to Toledo? How did you end up getting to try out? Um, so we, uh, I didn't join the team. I remember I drove into Toledo on Halloween. Um, mm -hmm. So I went to, I think I went to Compuware's camp originally, then didn't make that team. Then I went to Green Bay's camp, didn't make that team. Then I went to St. Louis made that team, got a new coach, got released. That coach got fired. The GM brought me back. Then he got fired. Uh, so then I got released again. So oh, then it was nice. like October. And we kind of just decided, all right, like let's go find somewhere that I'm not going to get cut, released, traded, or anything like that. So we looked um, at the Central States League. There was a team in Cincinnati, which was kind of close, but they were struggling. And I think Toledo was actually like, 
18 and 0, maybe 19 and 0 at the time. So we kind of just picked the best team in the league, made a phone call, and they had me up, and it worked out. Wow. Okay. So what was it like when you first walked into that locker room? What was what went through your mind? I was nervous. I was nervous being the new guy, nervous being away from home. Um, I think probably a bit cocky thinking, you know, I've always been the best player on every team. We'll just come in and do that again. And that didn't pan out. Um, But all all the guys were great. I mean, I I couldn't say a bad word about any guy on the team. We had a, a bunch of fun. I enjoyed spending time with everyone. It was you know, I love hanging out in the room, so it was, it was quick to figure out who the other guys were that were staying late and hanging out in the room, and we got hooked up and, you know, just kind of rolled from there. Now, uh, who was uh, – do you remember the your the line you played on? Who were your line mates? I, I started the season, I think, playing with Potsy and uh, Dan Mays. Oh, gosh. Yeah. We're the, we were the green line. I still have my practice jersey. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Cause uh, we always called him Bobby, Bobby Mays. Yeah. And uh, to, I mean, that kid, uh, I cracked me up. Cause he he was one of those kids that, when his first year, he barely ever saw the lineup, and yeah. he uh, he was one of those kids though that you wanted on your team because he took pride in 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 wearing that jersey. Right. And, you know, he went from barely making uh, the lineup to ending up. Uh, by the time he finished, he was one of our uh, alternate captains, and so you know, I mean, he went uh, went far and did a great job. Work just working hard. That's all he did. He, I mean, he didn't have the the greatest talent on earth. He just worked his butt off. And uh, the the other thing I remember too was uh, he went to uh, I think the Laura Stam Skating School. In the off season, yeah, yeah, and so that's. I mean, he was willing to do it. He put the time in, and now he's a fantastic coach. This guy, yeah, he coaches. Uh, he's got a couple of guys on his team actually from Nashville. Obviously, younger guys, but a couple of guys I know uh, that I skate with in the summer here. So it's kind of funny, a small world. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Uh, so okay, so you played with him and Potsy. Oh gosh, Potsy, that dude was hilarious. Uh, yeah. just, uh, Mr. You know, laid back, Mr. Cool and deep voice. And, uh, I, I, every time I think of him, I think of two things, probably the best hands I, uh, I ever saw at that level. Yeah. And, and, and the other thing was the one and only time he attempted to try to get into a fight in Cincinnati. I don't know if you were there, if that was your year or not, but. He tried one I time. Think, I think we talked about it. I think it was after me. Yeah, he tried to get into a fight, and uh, he ended up on his knees. He had his hands over his face, like "Please have mercy on me," and it was it was just ugly, 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 ugly. But the thing was, I you know we were on the bus ride home, and I just looked at him. I said, "Pots," I said, "Dude, you at least had the guts to go in there and and and, and man up." You know, I said, so, you know, don't, you know, no one else did. You did. So, you know, but he, he, I mean, he should have been arrested for impersonating a pinata. I mean, it was just, it was just bad. But, uh, you know, thankfully it wasn't that long. So it was just a quick, uh, he, cause he, he could, he did not know how to square up. So, yeah. you know, he, you know, greatest hands I ever seen, but the man could not square up to, to drop the mitts. But, uh, 
Bo- yeah, Bobby Mays, he was not. <laughs> so, but yeah. Uber Mays doing a little more of that type of work when I was there. Just a little, just a little. But uh, I remember him actually getting into a fight and tryouts with uh, a kid by the name of Gabe Young. Gabe Young was like six, I want to say he was six, seven, uh, 240. And this dude was like known as a, as a serious uh, fighter. And he went on to play in the minors and stuff. And we had him for part, I think part of one season. And uh, he, oh my God, I, I was scared for Bobby and he, and he was afraid of no one. No yeah. one. And he went at this, him and this kid went at it in tryouts. And the kid was way taller than, than Bobby. Cause Bobby's like what? Six, one, six, two. And this dude was like six, seven. And, and he still held his own against him. He held his own. That's the type of fighter Bobby was still. I mean, and, and the nicest guy you ever, I mean, even then the absolute yeah. nicest kid. And it was like, how can, you know, it's, that's usually how it is though. Isn't it? But you get the nicest guy. And they are just an absolute terror on the ice, you know, but off yeah. the ice, just sweet as can be. Yeah. We had a ton of fun just, you know, our line spending time together in practice on the bench and, and afterwards. He's a beauty for sure. So, uh, so now who else, uh, do you remember your first goal when you played in Toledo? Oh, uh, nope. Uh, <laughs> let's see. No, I don't remember it. Not because I had that many. Well, that's okay. I mean, still, you guys were, uh, uh, you were kind of, I mean, your game was uh, a little more on the, uh, you were kind of, uh, uh, well, you were a wingman, so you were a little bit more of a uh, uh, physical guy. So, I mean, obviously, Bobby was there to uh, be a policeman, and Potsy, that allowed Potsy to, you know, roam around the net. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, your, your game was, uh, your game was, you were, you were also there to be physical and do all the hard work in the corners and stuff to help set Potsy up. Yeah. Someone had to go in there. I, I remember I finally got big. I, it took me a while to get to six feet. So I was, I was happy to finally be big and get to run around in the corners a little bit and not get run over like I'd been used to. Yeah. Well, I mean, you weren't that, I didn't, I never thought of you as being that small. But of course, I didn't see you prior to when you came to Toledo. So, but yeah. uh, now when you came in there, uh, how long did it take for you to get comfortable playing? Um, maybe a month. You know, it, it really the biggest difference for me from playing like the hockey in Tennessee at that time was really nowhere close. So I hadn't played a lot of games that were you know, kind of at the tempo that I needed to be able to play at to keep up and to kind of advance and be useful. So it took a while to get used to it again, because, you know, I was used to used to hockey being pretty easy. And so, you know, probably cheating on a lot of pucks that I couldn't get away with cheating on anymore. Um, And so it really forced me to have to kind of reset my compete level and and how hard I was going to work every shift and how short shifts would have to be and, you know, having to go do the little things where before I could be awful on five shifts and then go score a couple goals and, you know, game would be fine. Now, if I'm awful on five shifts, that's my five shifts for the night. Yep. I was going to say, enjoy the, enjoy the stands, but uh, you know, uh, so uh, what was it? Uh, who was the team that you really enjoyed playing against uh, back then? So I think we were kind of one, two with the, with Metro all season. 
Um, and so, you know, it was fun. They were good games. They were always tight games. They were physical. They were nasty. You know, there was a lot of chirping going on. I always enjoyed being involved in that. Um, so I think that those were the most fun games to play for me. Probably they were also the toughest and, you know, kind of the most agitating, but I think you got your heart rate up, you, you know, you always knew you're going to have to be in the game. And so that, that's what I really enjoyed. So, uh, who were your goaltenders back then? Oh, we had Reynolds for a bit. Uh, no, Reynolds, I think, yeah, maybe most of the season, uh, Chris Elliott. And then, uh, a kid named Ryan, I think Swiderski or something maybe for mm-hmm. part of the season before Andy got there. Yep. <clears throat> yeah. Cause I remember, was that the year that Andy got run by yeah. a Metro guy? Oh yeah. And Potsy played. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That was the day. Yep. I'm going to have, uh, uh, Andy on in a, in a, in a, a podcast here real soon. So oh, nice. I'll, I'll, I'll go into detail with him on that. But, uh, I just remember how, I mean, you talk about, I'd never seen from the, the equipment manager up through the players, the coaches to the broadcaster that wanted to go after a kid the way that, that our team did when, uh, when their, when their guy did that. that well, was, I, I remember after that game too, I think he the kid winked at Andy in the lobby and we were about had a 50 person brawl in the lobby. Oh, it was, that was an incredible. Cause I remember later after that, uh, the kid emailed me and wanted to, uh, get a, uh, audio copy of the game because i used to upload the back then i used to upload all the uh, audio of the of the games that we did and uh I, he wanted to he wanted to hear the call of me. <laughs> and i'm like you blankety blank blank i was just I, oh i wanted to to rip him a new one and yeah. uh you know and then i'm like okay mick you're an adult you're not supposed to be you know, you know <laughs> just a kid you know, but uh, still, man, I just that that just you hate seeing stuff like that. And when that happened, ooh, ooh, I was like really 15 types of PO'd. Uh, yeah. So but uh, I mean, now tell me about the chemistry in the locker room. Uh, who are some of the guys that you I mean, besides your li- your line mates that you hung out with and uh, who are some of the good uh, practical jokesters? I hung out, let's see, with uh Paul Guthrie, a bunch, um, Brandon Meisner, we had Jeff Jepson. Oh yeah. We were back when, uh, I don't know the situation now, but so we practiced at Tamo and we didn't have our own locker room. Nope. So you know, occasionally we'd be in there for, you know, 45 minutes, maybe an hour long shower and come out and there'd be like the next group of 12 year olds trying to get ready. And there'd still be four or five of us that hadn't made our way out of the rink yet. Oh, nice. That's funny. No, because, uh, I mean, obviously now with the move to the Ice House, uh, you know, everything is so much, much better uh, as far as having the, the, I mean, the locker room that they have, I think they still have it, but the stalls and everything came out of the Red Wing locker room at the Joe Louis Arena. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they, yeah, they had to, they had to uh, make them a little smaller so they would fit into the locker room at the Ice House. But, uh, yeah, they had they uh, they put those in because when they were tearing down the Joe to uh, build the Little Caesars Arena, they uh, they took the stalls. The guy the guy who uh, was uh, 
or no, it wasn't, it wasn't that soon. It wasn't for the LCA, but they were putting, they were building a, another locker room. So okay. what they did was they took the stalls out. The guy that was doing that, his kid played for us that year. So he was able to get his hands on the stalls and uh, put them in our locker room. Oh, that's so, awesome. Yeah, that was actually pretty cool. But uh, so uh, who would you say of the bunch there was probably the, uh, I guess the, the, the guy that liked to be, to, uh, I guess for lack of a better term, get into trouble and rabble rouse and uh, basically just, uh, just stir the pot. Yeah, I don't even. Uh, Darlis was around. He was always he was always good for a wrestle if you wanted to wrestle somebody. He was a bunch Otis. of fun to be around. Um, yeah, I had a bunch of fun with him. You know, Goth would usually give you a bunch of crap if, if he was in the mood for it. I I just I remember you know we I feel like we had a really good tight knit group. You know, when when there was one guy going somewhere, he called ten guys and twenty guys showed up and we went everywhere together and. You know, it was a lot of fun. You you know, we'd see six of us together out at dinner and another seven or eight guys would roll in. And, you know, it was a really it was a really fun group. I really enjoyed everyone. And, you know, I think if you showed up at a place and there were three guys there first, there was a different three guys and they were your best friends that day. And, you know, we all had a blast together. Now, how old were you that, that year in Toledo? Uh, I guess I would have turned 19. Okay. Now, when you came here, did you, you, I mean, they always had the rule. You either had to go to school or you had to work. Which did you yeah. do? So I had a job. Uh, me and Reynolds actually both worked at the Kroger in uh, Sylvania. So oh, he would, okay. uh, he would stock shelves overnight, and I would stock shelves during the day, and he used to hide stuff for me to find, and I'd, then I'd have to hide it back for him. <laughs> so... That is funny. Now, uh, now, I mean, I was going to say, did you, uh, how, did you guys ever get caught doing stuff like that or get in trouble for getting too crazy there? Nah, not too bad. They, uh, I were, I did a lot of work in the dairy, so I'd build myself like a little, little hideaway area with all the extra milk crates and stuff and kind of hang out when I didn't have too much going on. So oh, nice. I don't think, it, you know, we just worked during the week because we were busy on weekends. So there wasn't a ton to do, you know, Monday through Friday at the Kroger. So there's only so much excitement you can get there at Kroger. Come <laughs> yeah. on. You know, so, just saying. But uh, so uh, so you worked you worked to, uh, back then. And um, what was it like? Because uh, that was was that the first year, I think, that uh, Todd Omi took over and was head coach. Yeah, yeah, because Scott Searing had le- had left the uh, at the end of the year before. So, uh, what was it like playing for Todd? Omi was great. Uh, I enjoyed him a lot. He was good with uh, like a lot of fun, but would hold you accountable. Every now and then, you'd do something stupid and come back to the bench, and instead of getting on you, he'd have a funny chirp, and just you know, all the boys would be laughing at you if you tripped over the blue line or something, he'd definitely make his way down the bench to check on you, make sure you're okay, make sure all the boys heard him, you know, asking if you're okay. Um, but he was great, too. I, I remember, you know, one thing that, that certainly stands out to me is Cincinnati was the closest rink to my house. Mm-hmm. And my dad was coming up for the weekend to watch our two games. I started both games. I was on the power play that weekend. I mean, he was awesome. If he knew your parents were going to be there, he'd, you know, try to 
try to get you out there to get a goal so you could, you know, put on a little bit of show for them. Um, so he always he treated everyone equal really well. Uh, I, I really enjoyed playing for him. He's a lot of fun. Who are the other who are the other assistant coaches? Uh, who did was we that have? Uh, Luddy? Kurt Luddy? Yep. Yeah, he was around, I think. Uh, I think maybe Robertson was around a little bit more helping. Yeah, he uh, was GM, I think, wasn't he? Yeah, and I think I don't remember if he was around some on the bench maybe when we traveled. I don't know that we had a ton. I, I remember a lot of practices at just being Omi on the ice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm trying to remember when like Mike Witten came around. Um, that must not have been your year, but uh, – I'm trying to remember here, but I know, like I say, Ludwig was, Ludwig was great. I loved him. He was short, but by gosh, he, you know, that, that guy was, uh, he was a heck of a hockey player in his day and uh great guy, just an all around great guy and stuff. Yeah. Omi is still, Omi is still Omi. T.O. is still plugging along. Uh, he's still, he's still uh, with the, he, came, he left the Cherokee for, I forget how long, probably about, eight or nine years and i think i i think he went up and did a little bit of coaching with uh i think it was with robbie kroll he went up there and coached with uh, him for a little bit up with honey baked or something like that and then uh when uh the millers took over the team uh kenny miller who's the bench boss and gm and everything now asked him to come back and to kind of help uh, with, you know, with the transition and everything. And, and Omi's been there ever since. So yeah, yeah it's Kenny and Omi. So I, uh, you know, I mean, I've got, I could tell you stories about some of the stupid stuff that, uh, that Omi would try to, would goad me into. Of course, back, back then, back then I used to, uh, I'm not proud of this, but I used to, I used <laughs> to be able to drink pretty good <laughs> so I could put it away. And uh, I, I remember he would goad me into doing stuff like uh, could I he would bet me that I couldn't drink um, five shots of tequila. At once. <laughs> That's a good friend. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like we would wait. Of course, we'd always wait till after bed check. You know, and that's when the fun began. <clears throat> But uh, he would always he would do stupid stuff like that to goad me into it, uh, just to it's like so that you know I think he thought that you know okay one time ha 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 five shots and I'll be on the floor well it was me so I'd kill five shots and it's like okay now what and he'd be like man are you kidding me and, uh, you know we would sit there and and of course we would just uh, we would uh, go to if we're, if we're near a bar we'd go sit there and. Uh, he would try to goad me into this, just some of the dumbest things. And, uh, but that was just him. That was his humor. You know, I mean, he always had, he always had that ability to do stuff like that. Or like in later, later times when we would be in, in, we'd always uh, have a, after like the Saturday night game, we would all get together in my room because I always roomed by myself. And, and I would, uh, you know, so all the parents that would come in, you know, they brought their, their adult beverages and stuff, you know, they didn't want to put them in the kids' rooms or anything like that. So they all would come to my room because it was safe there. So they would, and then that's again, more, more crazy stupidity that, uh, I'll, I'll have to share that someday on a podcast of my own, but right now I'm not doing that. 
Yeah. Statue of limitations and all. So, but, uh, so now when you played back then, how did your dad get to come see you play much at all? No, he probably saw maybe five or six games. Um, I know he came up to Cincinnati a couple of times we were there. And then I think there was maybe a weekend he was up in Detroit that he was able to come down and catch a game. Um, so he saw me the one year he got to see me play a little bit was when he was scouting before they started the Preds. Um, but otherwise he really didn't get to see me play a ton once he started coaching, um, in the NHL. Now I know he, he came, was it St. Louis or it may have been Cincinnati because I interviewed him for one of my uh, broadcasts. I interviewed him for a between, uh, periods intermission, uh, interview, and we sat on the bench, and I can't remember where it was. I, it may have been Cincinnati, but, of course, I would normally remember Cincinnati because that place was a dive. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Still North, is. Yes, yes, Northlands. Whew. Uh, even, I mean, now Sports Plus is an improvement. I'll give it that. Yeah. But back then when it was over uh, the other place, oh, my gosh. But at least, I mean, because I remember I've told this a few times on the podcast uh, that uh, um, they used to have the locker room was just a bed sheet hanging over a clothesline. And <laughs> yeah. you go to the, yeah, you just you go behind the, the bed sheet and that was the locker room. Yeah. You know? It's like, man, not, not, I, I remember doing play by play from a picnic table right yeah. there at ringside. It's like, what the heck's a the heck's a picnic table doing in a hockey rink, you know, but, uh, who am I to ask? But, uh, so now you played there, uh, you played, you got to, uh, did your, did your grandpa, uh, get to see you play much, uh, as you got older? No, um, he didn't travel a ton. His health kind of, uh, deteriorated a little bit. So he didn't travel much outside of Toronto. Um, so he didn't see me play, Maybe a handful of times, just when he, we would get him down to Nashville for stuff mm-hmm. uh, after you know after we moved. So not a ton, unfortunately, and you know unfortunately didn't have all the internet capabilities now. Where my, like my dad will watch my son play you know all his games this weekend and stuff like that from his house. So that's nice right. for that. Well, that's really good. Yeah. So uh, now um, you know. So you play in Toledo that year. Um, I believe, didn't we go, if I'm trying to remember, did we go to Nationals that year? Was that in Hartford, maybe? Yep. Yep. It was in, uh, yeah, I think it was Hartford. It was definitely, we definitely went to Nationals. I definitely remember it being like a 15-hour bus ride. Yeah. I I remember, uh, because we couldn't, remember we couldn't watch rated R movies because uh, Mrs. Renegar was always on the bus. Yeah. And so, of course, the, the, the first time we get to put in any movies we want that night, uh, to when uh, we started that night to go to Hartford, first movie we put in a Disney movie. Remember the <laughs> Titans? That was yeah. like beautiful. But uh, you know, so yeah, I remember going up there, and I just remember uh, I I didn't get to I couldn't stay at the uh, at the ho- team hotel, so I had to stay at another hotel. So I had they never came and got me. So I ended up having to hitch a ride with uh, the owner of Metro, which oh, was him and his wife. And 
I, like I said, I didn't think the world of their team because of all the stuff that had happened, you know, like what happened to Andy and everything. So I'm sitting there and they're going, yeah, come on, I'll give you a ride. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> so I'm like biting my tongue almost to the point of it bleeding. And right. I'm just like, Argh! and uh, it, so, but they, they were very cordial. And after that, we actually ended up becoming friends. Uh, oh, but Butch was a piece of work. I'll give him that. But uh, yeah, now that Metro plays out, they don't play up in East Waterford anymore. They're, uh, he sold the team, and they're based out of the uh, Fraser Ice Arena. So, oh, okay. Yeah, so they're based out of Fraser now. But um, I just remember that that year after you was the year that they won the nationals national championship. Yeah. They had John Cooper as their coach. Yeah. So that's yeah, I tell you know. people, I'm like, look, John Cooper coached in a league I played in. I I could be in the NHL too, you know. Yeah, it's called six degrees of separation. Yeah, sure. You can cross-reference all the way through there. Okay, so you you end up playing. Um, what? Where did you go after Toledo? So came back to Nashville. Had one more year of junior eligibility. Um, had a couple, couple places interested. Um, couple colleges interested. Ultimately decided with my dad because he never went to school. Um, just because he was drafted so early. And so school was important to him. So he wanted me to start school. I just wanted to play hockey. Um, so we settled on the idea of I would go to uh, Middle Tennessee State, which was pretty close to the house, and then, you know, practice, skate with the team as much as I could. Then he was going to let me drop out after a couple years and go try and play in the minors. So that was the plan, which I was all on board with. And then after couple years of school and realizing 300 bucks a week in the minors probably wasn't the best long-term life plan just went ahead and finished school good call good call so you know uh did now when you finished your degree from there uh that see because i didn't even know they had a hockey team yeah so we got one i don't remember if it was my freshman year or not um but i played a couple years there it was it was fun. It, again, it was a lot of the guys I knew from like the last year of high school and travel hockey in Nashville, a lot of local guys. Um, so it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a fun group. It's a lot of guys now that I still see playing men's league and stuff around here. Um, but it was neat to, to start that program. Um, we went around and tried to play some tough competition, um, went up to Michigan, usually got our butts handed to us, but it was a, it was a bunch of fun riding the bus again with the boys and, you know, enjoying ourselves on the road and stuff like that. So it was a, it was kind of a good fun ending to it all. Well, nothing wrong with that. Now, when you stopped playing competitively, how hard was that? I mean, was that like a cold dose of reality, or did you were you able to make that transition smoothly? You know, I I guess I stopped playing my senior year, and then when I went to law school, I didn't skate at all for three years, just being so busy and. I got married and we had a kid, um, so I almost didn't miss it. And then moved back to Nashville, got kind of out of school, got all situated, and then started playing again. I was like, man, why did I ever stop? This is amazing. <laughs> oh, man. Yep, it, it never, It's once it's in your blood, it's like it's just there. It's an addiction. So, you know, you, I mean, let's face it, that's what hockey is. I mean, you don't, you don't, uh, 
You don't give it up, at least not without a fight, you know. Uh, so uh, how long did it take you till you got into coaching? Um, just when my when my uh, oldest got big enough to start playing, um, just from being around the rink, I knew most of the guys that ran the programs. And, you know, down here it's a little different. You don't have 50 dads that can skate. You usually have three. Wow. Uh, they were They were happy for the help. Um, so, you know, when my oldest started, we had 60 or 70 kids on the ice running drills and wave skates with, you know, four or five dads and a couple dads that kind of hobbled around to sort of help us herd the cats. Um, so it's been, my oldest has been playing maybe eight, nine years now. So, wow. Now, um, now not as his dad, but, uh, the coach in you, how good is he? The big one, uh, even as his dad, the big one's pretty good. Um, he takes it really, really serious. He's obsessed. Uh, he's a goalie. And uh, I'm going to oh, let him keep Lord. being a goalie. Uh, I have to coach. It's terrible to watch in the stands as a dad. i got to coach so I can worry about everyone else. Um, but he's coming along. He plays AAA. He's, he's a pretty good player. Um, he has aspirations to do more. and So we're trying to help him through that. Uh, my little guy doesn't take it as serious, but he's he's fun to watch. If there's a loud crash along the boards, I got to lean and see if it was him, and it usually is. Oh my! Uh, he's probably he's probably the only twelve year old that gets chucked out of faceoffs four or five times a game because he's trying to cheat. Oh, he's a beauty for sure. So, you, you most of the guys in town know he's my son by now. So he has a good time. He's a, he's a beauty. Oh man! Now. Uh... Now, does this, um, how does it wear and tear with you, or with, uh, with of course, the yeah, the boss? Does she, uh, is she pretty much uh, on board with everything, or does, uh, or do you have to tote most of it? No, she loves it. She's a Michigan girl, um, so she, she loves hockey just as much as me. Um, her big claim to fame is she went to the Cold War back when Michigan played Michigan State in that first outdoor game with like hundred thousand people. So she's great. She loves being a hockey mom. There'll be a puck in her purse, you know, half the season. And she doesn't like getting up early for the 6 a.m. games still, but they're getting old enough that we don't have as many of those. So she's good to go for sure. That's a good thing. Now, uh, do you see yourself uh, wanting to take your coaching and take it to uh, higher levels? I don't know. Um, I love coaching. I love being around the game. I love, you know, working with the boys and, and seeing them improve and get better. Um, just lifestyle wise, you know, I, I don't know that I would do it right now. Um, if I didn't have kids just cause it's, it is still a way to spend time with them and, and spend time with the family. But, you know, if they get older and they get out of the house and I have a little more time on my hands, I'd love to, you know, give back to the game and, and be more involved. Um, or continue to be involved, I guess, you know, I don't know that that's aspirations of making a living out of it, but I'd love to still, you know, help coach and be around the rink and, and hopefully give back some. Yeah, can't can't argue that. So uh, when you, uh, you know, like I said, you left uh, Middle Tennessee State, and now you're now here you are again back coaching. Um, how would you say who? I mean, how would you say the game has changed from the time you played? Uh, what you see as a coach now it, it is amazing to me now how good and how skilled all the little guys like the young guys are 
Um, like my oldest son's team, a bunch of 14-year-olds, so they're band of major. I mean, the stuff they do with the puck, how fast they skate, the plays they make, it's unbelievable. I, I pretty much have to go, and, you know, granted I'm old, but I pretty much have to go full speed in practice now with 14-year-olds to not mess the drill up if I'm trying to, like, jump on the third line or something. Wow. Uh, you know, with the 12-year-olds, um, you know, so skilled, like the stick handling they do, some of the moves they try, like – I remember with my dad, it was one stick handle, get it wide and drive the net. Now I got guys, you know, crossing guys over in front of the net, toe drag, little backhand under the bar, you know, and then acting like it's just casual, like that's what they do. <laughs> Man, now, uh, would you say that uh, your son, your older son has, uh, is he at the same level you were uh, or has he eclipsed it? He's, he's, I, that's why I tell everyone I'm the worst player in the family. Now they're both, they're both good players. Um, I think my oldest will, will take it further than I did just cause I mean, he's, he's a good player, but he's obsessed with it and it's a different type of obsession than I ever had. I mean, it, it consumes him, you know, his spare time is looking up pads, watching goaltending videos, texting me about goaltending. Um, and even, you know, my youngest guy, he, I'll watch the game after with him and he does so many things so well that, you know, it's not me teaching him. He just slides to open ice or, you know, I'll see him kind of adjust his body to open up his stick to be in the right shooting position. Um, you know, I think as he gets a little more serious and, and grows and gets stronger, he's going to be such a good player too. So he'll have opportunities if he wants them. Yeah, you know, and I know a team in Toledo that probably would love him when he gets older. Anyway, <clears throat> just no, no, no pressure or anything. Just, just sure. subtle hints. Just subtle hints. Anyway, uh, so uh, where, I mean, I guess the other thing I would ask too is how um, how would you say that your time in Toledo impacted you as far as. Uh, just basically how you were able to propel yourself to getting to play college down at middle Tennessee, uh, and all the other things you did. How important was that year in Toledo for you? It was really important. I mean, even just living away from home and, and billeting was a, a growing life experience to sort of as, you know, a young, still 18, 19 year old kid that actually have to like speak to other adults that aren't your parents and be willing to ask for help and, and be willing to, you know, help out and learn new things and try new things. I mean, that was an immense, just maturing experience for me. And then, you know, the transition to having to play better hockey really made me learn how hard you have to work to be successful and to be impactful and not just in hockey, but in life. And it really did spur me for the next couple of summers and the next couple of years to really work hard at getting in shape, trying to be a hockey player um, and really changed my perspective of what working hard looked like you know i thought i worked hard when i went to the gym for two hours and did six bench presses and hung out and rode the bike you know now i understood working hard was actually going to the gym for two hours and working out for two hours and you know going home sore not going home with you know a couple different protein shakes and chugging those oh man okay well um now uh who would you say who i mean away from your your family Okay, away from your uh, your dad and your grandpa, who would you say was your favorite uh, NHL player growing up? 
Well, when I was a goalie, it was definitely Ron Hextall. Uh, I loved him. I, uh, I still have some of my old goalie sticks with the red paint on the post from just banging my stick off the post between face-offs as much as I could. Um, so he was, he was my first kind of guy that I thought I wanted to be when I grew up, um, when I was a goalie. Um, Players-wise, you know, I was starting to know some guys when I became a player around 14 and 15. So there was a lot of guys that I think I watched in Portland that, you know, I wanted to model my game after, um, you know, a guy like Kent Halst. I mean, he just played a ton in Portland, um, was a great leader, worked hard, battled, and was always good to me off the ice. Um, a lot of the young guys were awesome with me, Nolan Baumgartner, Benoit Graton, you know, it always spend time with me. Um, I felt like I had a special bond with some of the, the tougher guys. Kevin Kaminsky was there, um, a guy named Jason Christie, and they always spent time with me after practice, spent time with me, you know, at games and, and stuff like that. So I really started to cheer for and, and want to see guys do well that I knew and had kind of a little bit of a relationship with. Well, I remember a lot of those guys, uh, not only uh, like at the minor league level, I remember a lot of those guys because I used to go to a lot of games, not only in the ECHL with uh, Toledo, but uh, the old uh, Colonial League. And, oh, true. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it became the U-Haul League and, of course, yeah. the AHL. Uh, so I remember I remember all of that stuff back then. I mean, Detroit had the Detroit Falcons. And, right. Uh, so I saw, I think I saw, uh, you know, and, of course, that loop was the old IHL loop. You know, matter of fact, they took the name later on, uh, and uh, yeah, they, yeah. Even though it was a double A level hockey league, they took the old IHL name and they took the trophy, the Turner Cup, and uh, you know it was. Uh, so I mean, back in the day, you know, I mean, between that and when the, or also at the triple A level, when it was uh, the, I remember the Detroit Vipers. Oh yeah, for sure. Yep, and all of that stuff. So I remember some of those guys playing at that level. Uh, but uh, Bomber, he's he was a coach too. He was a like a good coach uh, in 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 somebody's system. I'm trying to remember where was he? Was was it Toronto or was it? I yeah, think I it was, was in Toronto, maybe even Montreal. And it, it, that's another like I'm a big stats nerd, so I always love to look and see where all these guys are. Like Kevin Kaminsky coaches, Jason Christie coaches. Um, you know, a lot of guys that I was kind of around, like Todd Nelson, I think is coaching, um, as an assistant in the NHL. So it's neat, you know, to see guys that sort of impacted me continuing on with their careers and, and stuff like that. Now, uh, you know, I, 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 you know, it's funny, you know, you mentioned all that stuff and yet, um, tell me, you know, we, I know we've talked about him as far as coming up and and things and doing this and doing that but talk to me about your dad not not the hockey player okay i don't want to know i mean we already we all can look that up and and figure out what he did and stuff but talk to me as your dad i mean just what he means to you and how much uh he's really made a difference in your life it's funny i think now you know i say stuff and I hear it in my dad's voice, and I'm like, oh, man. You know, I'll yell at my dad, or, like, I say something, or I'll chirp him, and I'm like, oh, I know exactly where that came from. Um, but I think, you know, my parenting style and, you know, how I think my dad was always fun. Um, he was always 
quick to give me a little bit of crap about something. Uh, and I think, you know, I, I enjoyed that growing up and I think it helped sort of breed a, you know, a, a tough skin and the ability to kind of fit in, in, in a lot of different situations and adapt to them as I've grown up and become an adult. So, you know, I think we try to parent our boys kind of the same way. Um, so I think I see that crossover, especially now as my kids are getting older. Um, and then even a bit, you know, just hockey wise, I think I see myself coaching the way I remember him coaching. Um, I remember him being fun and laughing with the guys and smiling and, you know, firing the occasional puck to, to mess up a drill. And, you know, I think guys enjoyed him as a coach and that's, you know, kind of what I want to give back to all the guys I coach. I want them to have fun. I want the experience to be great. I want them to want to come back to the rink to get better the next day. Um, you know, so I think those are kind of the, the life lessons that I took away from him, just seeing him interact with me, how he raised me, treated me, and, you know, how now I raise and treat my boys, and then, you know, just being at the rink, how we both act. Man, that's that says a lot. I mean, that does say a lot about not, you know, about the man, you know, so, and it says a lot about you because obviously you were paying attention, you know, you know, sometimes we always think about that. These kids, you know, it's like if they, if you're talking to them and they tune out that you think, okay, they're, they're not paying attention. They're paying attention and they're yeah. going to, and they remember those things and you just set, hit the nail right on the head. And that's why your boys are going to remember. They're going to remember the little things that you think they weren't paying attention to. Those are the things they're going to be paying attention. They're going to remember those things. And yeah, that's I, why. I love, I love telling them now. I'm like, you may think I'm an idiot, but you'll remember this in about 15 years, and I'll be right. Yep, that's right. And uh, I won't be. I won't be quite the idiot you think I am. <laughs> so you know, I mean, just uh, I don't know. That's kids are just a. They're just an odd bunch. So, but uh, now uh, before we wind her up here, um, when was the last time? you were like up in Toledo or in the, in the neighborhood, obviously you probably play games up in Detroit, uh, up at the, you know, in that area. Uh, how often do you get, how often do you come up this way? So we're in Detroit probably two or three times a year. Um, funny enough, we haven't been to Toledo with anything and we haven't even played like the junior Cherokee, any of my boys, um, but I'm up in, I'm up there Fort or not Fort Wayne, uh, Grand Rapids, Detroit, usually two, three times a year we get up there. Um, and then some of the other cities up there. So pass through Toledo. I think about my exit every now and then. Um, oh, tell me about that. We'll just, you know, I'll drive through, get off. You know, I remember getting off, I think it was it like 675 maybe down in Sylvania to get to the billet house. So oh, that's 475. Yeah. I know what you're saying though. I know exactly what you're talking about. But it's funny now too. So I still see, uh, so Potsy's got a couple little guys that play. And so we've mm-hmm. had a couple weekends where we've run into each other. And then, uh, he and his wife are country music fans. So they've come down to Nashville. We've hooked up and done, uh, gone out a couple times. And then, uh, Pete's got a son who's the same age as my oldest. We've actually, I've actually played against Pete's team. We've coached against each other. Oh, really? Uh, I see him every now and then at some stuff in Chicago. Uh, so it's cool. It's, it's kind of full circle a bit there, too. It's fun. How did you do against him? Oh, we beat him. We beat him. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course. My son got- didn't play, though. So, really, I don't have too much. I didn't have too much to do with it. 
Well, so what, man? The fact is you beat him. And yeah. I'm sure if Dotus is going to listen to this, I'm sure he will chirp something. He 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 can't let it go without a comment. Oh, so, no, he's the best. I love that guy. Yeah, you and me both, man. You and me both. Uh, so anyway, uh, before we wind her up here, uh, is there anything that you want to say to the if uh, the current Cherokee crop? I mean, it, you know, based on your experience playing juniors here in Toledo, if you had any advice you'd want to give to a kid that either is playing juniors right now or would think about coming to Toledo, what would it be? I, I would say do it. Um, you know, it's fun and it's, it's a good year just to get older and more mature, even if, you know, the hockey doesn't pan out for you. Um, you know, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about being away from home. Um, for me, I mean, it was, a, it was a well-run organization. I never had a complaint about every, anything. Everyone I was around was great. Um, you know, so I had a hundred percent positive experience. Um, so I, I would certainly advocate for anyone. And if, if Omi's still around, make sure you listen to Omi. He'll have some nuggets for you. Oh yeah. <laughs> and he's still around. So, but, uh, he's, uh, he's a piece of work, man. I still remember, uh, the bus rides, if he was Matt or he needed to talk to a player, it'd be like, Gardner, come see me. And you had to make that long walk from the back of the bus up to the front. Oh yeah. I in practice. Gardner, did you mess up my drill again? Oh boy. <laughs> yep. That's it. He, he, he had a way with, he was a wordsmith. I give him that. But, uh, anyway, so I tell you, man, it seems like it's only been about like five or six minutes, Scott. And yeah. we, we, we killed it. <laughs> I tell you, this has been, this has been fun. And for the folks that, I mean, you're listening to this as an audio only, uh, podcast, but, uh, kind of paint the picture for you. Scott and I are talking right now and obviously via Skype, but he is sitting in his car at a, at a hockey rink while his son is inside practicing. So, I mean, I got to admit that your, your hotspot works great, man. I mean, I, yeah. I haven't had any problem. So I, was a little, I did a little test beforehand. I called my wife, figure it out, you know, so. No, oh, she's a good trooper. We appreciate that. But, um, so anyway, but uh, no, I do. I appreciate you doing this. And one of the things when all the COVID crap is done, uh, one of the things we want to do is get a reunion back up here. Uh, maybe a, a, a reunion game, like an alumni game, but also just to get guys back up here to, from the different eras, just to kind of hang out uh, and, and maybe watch the current Cherokee play. Uh, and I know a lot, some of the guys coach, so it's not going to be easy, but the idea is to try and get as many guys up here as we can, uh, to come and, and, and just hang out and watch, spend a weekend watching hockey and, uh, getting together with some of the guys and telling tall tales and having a couple yeah. of ginger ales, you know, and, and, uh, just, uh, enjoying, enjoying ourselves here, you know, because but hockey is the tie that binds and, you know, it's, it's something we all regardless of of our happenstance our our situations in life whatever we all have that one thing that we can all uh kind of you know we all can you know have that commonality and have some fun with and of course i'm sure i'm sure that uh once you get around some of the guys that you are used to being you know from your old days 
the 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 one-liners will be will just flow like nothing right out right you have to, you'll you'll have trouble stopping them because mm-hmm. uh, some of the personalities when you guys get back together it's like time never stopped so yeah it, it really it's funny even just seeing Potsy and and seeing Pete I mean I I don't know that I talked to Potsy for like four or five years and we were best friends by you know five minutes of seeing each other again so. It really is. It's a, you know, it's a unique bond. I think that that's really just unique to hockey, especially. Um, and I'd love to get back together and see a bunch of the guys get it worked out. Well, that's the goal. So uh, I appreciate you doing this, uh, Scott. And uh, well, I tell you, it's. Uh, I hope that we can stay in touch. And like I said, uh, next time you're up this way, you let me know, and I'll come and watch your boys play, because well, uh, it's. Sure. It's it's I I love seeing that kind of stuff you know I love seeing the the uh, I, like I said you're you know you're older now you've got kids that are teenagers so a tweener and a teenager and yet I still look at guys like you and some of the other guys uh, from before you and after you and I still look at them as my kids you know? <laughs> yeah right it's really weird it's only in hockey can you really do that you know it's like yeah that's one of my, it's one of my kids even though you you know you're old and you got kids of your own. You know, I mean, I've got a couple players that I know that uh, uh, one of them's already a, a grandparent. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, you've got, when you've got things like that, it's like, holy smokes, you know. I mean, it's, we're getting to that age now. You know, I mean, I'm I'm on the downside of my era of, uh, you know, my, my next big milestone is 60. So, oh, wow. you know, yeah, so, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm fossil-esque, uh, but... Uh, <laughs> You know, I mean, when I walked down, when I walked down the street, a couple of guys from the cemetery were chasing me with shovels, but that's another story. <laughs> anyway, uh, but, uh, you know, like I said, uh, we, we've all got this game and that's the reason I, that I do it. And, uh, you know, I love doing this podcast because you guys all had a story to tell and we didn't have the luxury of what the kids have now to be able to tell it, you know, right. So that's why I do this because I want you guys to tell me what it was like from your perspective more than mine. So that's why, you know, that's why we do this. And it's my way of saying thank you because it was because of guys like you that I was able to, you know, do what I did and it opened doors for me. So, you know, it's my way of giving back. I want to feature guys that um, regardless of what their role was on the team, I wanted to feature guys to be able to, uh, talk about what their experience was like and to let people know that they were more than just a, a name on a, on a, on a, on a roster, on a piece of paper that they found, you know, that these guys had voices, they have stories to tell. And I hope someday when your kids get older, they'll be able to find this. And they understand that their dad was a pretty cool dude, man. He was all right. Well, I, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you. You having me on. It was a bunch of fun. My first time on a podcast. So that's pretty cool. Hey, that's all right, man. It's you'll, you know what? It, it it's not it's not that bad. I mean, it's not it's not as uh, intimidating. I know people. Some people get nervous uh, about you know uh, doing these things. Uh, we had a kid. I'll never forget. We had a kid. Uh, his name was Phil Rauch. Played a couple years after you did, and uh, he was the most nervous, scared kid to play uh, to do an interview with. I had him on our old coaches show, and he would literally, literally. Uh, like push away and turn away from the microphone. He was so scared and nervous to talk. Uh, and I'm like going, I'm like, you know, hey, Rauk, relax, man. You're just, we're just uh, doing a, uh, a tape of coaches show. 
And he would be so nervous and afraid. And now, of course, he went on to play in the minors uh, with the Toledo Walleye. And then um, now he, at his work where he works his uh, job now, he got on with his life. He uh, he has to basically talk for a living. <laughs> and so he's like, you know, he's and I'm sitting there going, I remember when, you know, we, yeah. you know so I, I still give him crap like that about, you know, about being able to talk and stuff. But uh that's but that's what I like doing with this. You know, I like like I said, I like to just talk to people and have a conversation and just have some fun. So but uh I thank you, Scott. And uh hey, like I said, I hope we can keep in touch and uh hey, all the best, man. And uh, like I said, when you're when next time you guys head up this way, you let me know and I'll I'll clear my schedule and I'll make a chance get a chance. I want to see these guys play. So Yeah, I'll let you know for sure. Thanks, Rob man. Yep, you bet. Well, that's going to do it here for episode 39 of the Cherokee Rewind. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Along with Scott Gardner, I'm Mick. Don't forget, you can consume all our podcasts via whatever platform you use, whether it's uh, uh, TuneIn, uh, Google Podcast, Amazon Podcast, iHeart, Spotify, whatever. Just uh, subscribe, and it will. they drop every Wednesday and Saturday. And uh, it'll let you know when you subscribe. That lets you know when the new podcast is available. So for Scott Gardner, I am mixing. So long, everyone. And thank you as you've been listening to the Cherokee Rewind.